couple weeks ago, I started a new series and entitled, It's More Than Just a Book. You know, the Bible you have in your lap, on your phone, maybe in the back floor seat of your vehicle, or in a cabinet somewhere, you're not quite sure where it might be, you got to brush the dust off every once in a while. It's more than just a book. It's not a, it's not a, a book of uh, tall tales or fables or a good history book. This is God speaking to you. This is God speaking to you. You know, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you, share a lot about the Word of God. I don't have time to, to, to convey those things, but I want, to convey, I want to convey this, that the Word of God is alive. It says the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is everything that you have need of. The psalmist even said this. He said, I look at the natural. I look at natural limitations. Everything I see in the human natural, I see with limitations. But he said, your word is without limitations. Yes. You know, there, there's, there's something about this word. It's more than just a bunch of good ideas. It's, it's more than just a religious book that we, we turn to. It's more than just something that has just good ideas in it. No, this is God speaking to you. Say it again. Say, say, say the word of God word. is God. Speaking to, me. speaking to me. And I believe it will affect every area of your life. I believe it has the ability to touch every area of your life. And I believe wherever you're at right now, I believe the word is the key that will take you higher than you've ever been. The word will take you higher than you've ever been. This word has to become the foundation of our lives. One of the first scriptures I talked about when I started this is in Second Chronicles, and it, and it says this. It says, believe the Lord your God, and you'll be established. And he said, believe the prophets, and you will prosper. Well, a prophet isn't just someone that's speaking and foretelling future, but a prophet is someone that speaks on behalf of God. And I'm telling you, this is a, this is a book written over a 1,500-year period of time by 40 different authors speaking to you. And yet it all connects together and makes sense. His word is alive. But it's up to you and I, if we're going to receive that word, if we're going to receive this word as truth in our situation and for our situation. And so let's pick up where I left off last week in James chapter one, verse 21. It says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness really have just all moral, just moral failure, so to speak. And it says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Meekness there is with a humble heart. With a humble heart. What's another word for humble heart? A teachable heart. So another thing for a, a meek heart is a heart that's open. It's the, a meek heart is the opposite of having a hard heart or having a stubborn heart. So, so with meekness, with a, with a humble heart, receive with meekness. See, if you, you know what, you're not going to receive. You know when you, you try to talk to your, your, your kids about something and you talk to them about something and they already know it? You, you ever have any? I, I, already, I already know that. I, I already know that. You know, it, it's like what's, they, they don't want, children oftentimes don't want to receive Wisdom that will come from their parents. Why? Because they don't have, they're not receiving with a meek heart because they already know it. And, and, and it's really, it's really the, the enemy wants to infiltrate humanity's heart 
to keep them from receiving truth. And so here it says, with a humble heart, receive with meekness, the humble heart, the word that has the ability to save your soul. Another way of saying change or to, to save your soul is to, to change and affect and transform your entire being. So this word implanted into my life has the ability to affect my whole being, every part of my life. I tell you, this is more than just a book. This is God speaking to you. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Receive the word. We have to receive the word. We have to receive it as it's God speaking to us. But as I said just a moment ago, as it pertains to just examples of our children, is we children don't want to receive often because of what's going on with your heart. You know what? If your heart is not in the right place, it's going to be difficult for you to receive what you need to receive. Now, oftentimes you can sit and hear preaching and you'll hear some things, but you won't hear other things. Why? Because you don't want God to change that area of your life. It's like, God, okay, God, I'll let you touch this part of my life, but don't touch this part of my life. So, so it's like, God, I, you, I'll give you this, but you know what? When all of a sudden someone starts talking about maybe tithing, for instance, it's like, la, 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 la. But yet when someone says, says, well, tithing is under the law, you'll hear that. Why? Because you have a stubborn heart as it pertains to the entirety of the word. So you have to be cautious. It's not, you, it's not picking and choose what you want to believe. Well, I like to believe that what it says, but I don't want to believe that about what it says. And so therefore we allow the opinion of our heart to keep us from receiving the very word that might be the very thing that God's wanting to change you with. You see, see his word is alive. It's, it's when you get into the word, it's always speaking to you about making you better, taking you higher, giving victory in your life and the heart. Your heart is what's going to determine whether you receive his word or don't receive his word. The heart is so important. Now, I'll get to John chapter 8, but I feel like I need to just share some things. In, you see it in Matthew 13. We can see it in Mark 4. And we can see it in Luke chapter 8. Jesus is talking, and he talks about the parable of the sower. And he tells us who, what, who's sowing what. And it says that he's sowing the word. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Why is the sower sowing the word? Why? Because he's convinced. He's convinced if I can get this seed in the ground, then I can, I can change my future. If I can get this seed into the ground, my life won't be the same. He is convinced. The sower is sowing the word, not because he doesn't have anything else to do, not because, not because he's, he, he, he's like just, um, just hoping to get by. No, he's sowing because he's convinced. He's convinced that when I sow this seed, it's going to change my destiny. When I sow this seed, I'm going to reap a harvest. And so here the sower is sowing seed and he sows on four different types of soil. And the soil here is the soil of hearts. You know, this morning, I'm the sower that sows the word. So this morning, I'm, sow, I'm sowing the word this morning. I'm sowing the word this morning. Why? Because I'm convinced when this word gets into your heart, it will change your life. 
I'm convinced that because through 25 years of experience, this word has changed my life. And no one can talk me out of it. No one can, can try to debate with me. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You, you, you wouldn't be able to beat it out of me with a bat. This word is life to me. And I'm convinced that I'm sowing seed this morning. And I'm convinced that God has greatness for you. God has destiny for you. God has dreams for you. And what I'm doing, I'm sowing seeds for those dreams to come to pass. I'm sowing seeds for you to walk in your destiny, walk in your purpose. Why? Because the sower sows the word. But yet, you know what? I'll be sowing uh, this week, this Wednesday. You know, Dr. Savell will be sowing next Sunday. And, and, and Phil will be, uh, Philip will be uh, sowing the following Wednesday. And, and Rick, the Wednesday, Sunday after that. So we're always going to be sowing seed. But who's going to determine the harvest? You. Are you a ground that can receive and bring forth fruit? He talks about different soils. There's the wayside soil. And it says it, it, it sprang up. It says, it says the enemy came immediately and he stole the word. See, you always think that you see, I could say something is the very thing you need to take you to another level. But before you had a chance to get into your mind and think about it, the enemy is like, wow, that's not for me. So your heart is not open to receive what God wants you to receive. Then there's another type of soil, the, the stony ground. And it says that the word is sown. It said they received it immediately and they received it with joy. But they said because of persecution and they were offended at the word. The word offended there actually means to be in a place of distrust. So because they couldn't, I don't really know that. I don't think God really wants to do that in my life. What happens? Your heart, not receptive for what God wants to sow into your life. And then you have the, the, the word where you're sowing, word, you're sowing the seeds, but, but you have the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things come in and choke out the word. It didn't say, it didn't keep the word from, the seed from growing. It just said it choked it out. Yeah. Meaning it never brought forth a harvest. So your heart has everything to do with what you can receive in the word of God. And so we have to receive with meekness with an open heart, the word of God, because it has the ability to affect my entire being, receiving the word. You know, Jesus, in here in John chapter 8, Jesus, I believe, gives us a description. He doesn't talk about the sower sowing the word, but I believe we see this in action. In John chapter 8, verse 31 Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, Continue in the word. If you continue in the word. See, it's a decision on your part. It's a decision on our part. If you continue in the word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Meaning the word that I'm speaking to you is the very word that's going to change you. Right? They answered him, we're Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? See, what happened? There's a hard heart there. See, Jesus was trying to give them some revelation and give them some insight to take them in another direction. But immediately, like, who are you telling us? We're, we're not in bondage to anyone. 
And, and you know what? We can sit in church and, and we can hear things and you're saying, well, at least I'm not like them or at least I'm not like them. At least this is going. And we can have all these excuses of and, and keeping us from receiving what God really wants us to receive. Because he says, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This word is transformative. This word is burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Verse 34, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Now get this. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And, he, and Jesus answered, because I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. Why? Because my word has no place in you. My word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father and you do that which you have seen with your father. Whoa. (laughs) Meaning the words I'm speaking to you, they're not my words. They're God's words. But you know what? The things that you're speaking are from your father's words. Now, who's he talking about here? Let's look at verse 44. You are of your father, the devil. See, there's a difference between man's words and God's words. And they had a hard time because of what was going on in their heart to receive what God wanted to deposit in their heart. Amen. See, this word is transformative. This word is transformative. And it's up to us to receive this word and allow it to change us from the inside out. Go to to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The word, receiving his word. Jesus told the disciples in John 15, he says, you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. I believe in Mark chapter five, it said, and when Jesus taught the word, when Jesus taught the word, it said the power of the Lord was present to heal. Now, Now hear that. When he taught the word, it said the power was present to heal. You see, the word has to be the foundation of everything that we do. You know, I'm, I'm believing for signs and wonders. I'm believing for supernatural things to take place in this church. But our pursuit should never be signs and wonders and supernatural things apart from pursuing the word first. Because you can, you can pursue something supernatural and it not be God. But the word, Jesus it said he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. All, the word's always first. That's right. The word is the foundation of everything that we do here as a church. It's the word. 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 You know, here, you're not going to hear a whole lot of Reader Digest sermons. You're not going to hear a lot of poems and good things. We might say some, but, but everything is going to be built upon the word, the word. Because this has the ability to change you from the inside out. 
in, in John 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Okay, let's, because it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here on out, let's change that word him to word. All things were made by the word. And without him was not anything, without the word was not anything made that was made. In the word was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Now verse 11, he came unto his own and his own received it not. The word came unto his own. The word was given unto his own, but yet they didn't receive the word. Now get this, but as many as received the word, to them gave he power to become sons of God. To many as did receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons, power to become the sons of God, power to become the sons of God. See, Jesus is that seed that God sowed into the earth. And, and, and when you believe that and you receive that, it just now gave you the power to become a son of God. Not when you get to heaven right now in the earth. But, but the question is, do you, can you receive that? Can you receive your new identity? Can you receive what God has called you? You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. When you receive the word, it changes you. It gives you a new identity. It gives you a new name. It gives you insight into his promises. It gives you insight into everything that he has made available for you. His word. His word. Receiving his word. Say this with me again. This is is God's word word speaking to me. me. Let's go to 1 Peter. The word, the word. Look at verse two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Desire. Now, like how Trey was talking about honoring the Lord. Desire. The sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Desire. My prayer over this series, part of my, one of my prayers is, is that you and I would gain such a desire to be in God's word. That's my prayer for you as a pastor is that you would gain a desire, a hunger for God's word. Desire. Long for. And crave his word. You know, receiving this word. You know, I can, I can put this, say this is everything I need is in this, in this bottle right here. And I can say, man, if you receive that bottle, man, it will change your life. But if you don't have a desire for it, you'll never get up and do it. Yeah. 
See, you have, to, you have to make the intention that I'm going to hunger for this word. Now, I can have this word. I can walk around with this word. I can toss this word up and down. But you know what? I have to do something else. I have to get into it. I'm going to have to make it a part of my life. Receiving it is not just, okay, well, I got a Bible. No, receiving it is opening my life up to it and allowing it to affect me and change me. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. You know, that's a promise in that scripture. If I desire it and I go after it, I'll grow. It's pretty simple. See, it's not, it's, not in, it's not in God's court on how far you grow. It's not up to God's responsibility to how far you go in God, how far you go in ministry, how free you get, how wealthy you get, how successful you get. God's not the one that limits that. There's, there's I believe, one of the... And so I might, may get some emails from this later, but... There's a statement that's in the body of Christ. And I understand what people are saying by it. It's just not a true statement. The statement, well, God is in control. Well, if that's the case, he's really doing a bad job. God's in control if you give him control. God doesn't go where he's needed. He goes where he's sought. And so there is this, there's a pursuit on our part that determines how successful we're going to go in life. You know what? And I'm determined to fulfill everything on why I was created in this earth. But I know it's only not going to be in my own might, my own ability. It's going to come from my relationship with him through the relationship of this word. Receive the word that has the ability to change your entire being. But you have to open your heart to it. Have a desire for this. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Thank you, Father. First Thessalonians, chapter two. Receive the word. Welcome the word. Amen. Thank you, Father. King James says in verse 13, it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let me read that in the King James. It's, I mean, Amplified. It says, And we also thank God continued for this, that when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. See, receiving is welcoming the word. It's not just hearing it. Because you can hear, you can hear me every Sunday, but not receive a word I say. Right. You welcome it. Now get, not as a word of mere man. The things I share with you on Sunday, you know, yes, that, you, when you, what I say to you on Sunday morning, you, you need to go back to the word. I'm not perfect. Okay, but what you have to understand is, is my determination is not speak to you something that I've received from man. He says to welcome it, not as a word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you who believe. 
Now get this, exercising its super, superhuman power and those who adhere to trust in and rely on it. So receiving the word, not as something just man speaking, but something that came from God. Let's go to First uh, Timothy. First Timothy. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter four, the word. Receive the word, not as something that you got from man, but something that came from God that's effectually working in you. Hallelujah. I declare that even right now. The word is working in you. 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 Hallelujah. The word's working in you. What's it doing, pastor? It's changing how you think. What's, what's it, what's it doing? It's, it's giving you new insight. What, what is it the word doing? It's, it's, it's revealing to you how much God loves you and cares for you. It's working in you. It's working in you. Hallelujah. You know, there's times where there was situations early on in my Christian walk where I, I was in the word. Definitely wasn't in ministry by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that. But, but I, I had gotten to the word. And I started to get over in some things that, that I, I shouldn't be getting into. And it wasn't, it wasn't someone condemning me for where I was at in my life. But you know what came up to me? Scripture. The Word came up. What was it doing? It wasn't trying to condemn me. It was trying to direct me. It was saying, well, don't do this because the Word says this. You know, I, I've had some people will say, man, I can't, I can't believe that you didn't, you didn't, uh, man, you didn't do that in that situation. You should have done that. How, why did you do that, Justin? Well, the word says I need to forgive. Oh, okay. So it, it was the word. It was the word. It was the word. And it's effectively working in you. First Timothy chapter four says, verse 12, it says, let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So he's telling this, don't despise your youth, Timothy, but what you need to do is be an example of the believers in how you, how you talk, in your conversation, in how you love, in, in spiritual things, in your faith, and in purity. Then he says this, till I come, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation and doctrine. Continue. So here Timothy is, the pastor over, over at church, they say at that time could have been between five and 10,000 people, the church of Ephesus. And here Timothy is weighed down. He's burdened down as a pastor and as a leader. And he is saying, I don't know how to do this. And he's, you know, he, he's, he's afraid. He's not sure all these different things are going on. So Paul's encouragement to him was, hey, you just need to be example. You take care of you. And then he says this, but till I come, give attendance, give attention to, to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Till I come, do this. So Joseph, what are you saying to them? Until I get back, never stop preaching the word. Never stop exhorting to the word. Never stop talking about doctrine and how the kingdom of God operates. Till I come, do this. Till I come, do this. See, this is something where, where Paul was placing, placing such value 
on the word of God till I come. He didn't say, you know, preach these. No, do these things. Exhortation, doctrine, do these things. Till I come, do these things. Verse 14, neglect not the gift that's in thee, which was given to thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Meditate upon these things. So here, all these things he's telling Paul, telling Timothy, he says, meditate on these things. Meditate, make these things a priority in your life. Make these a value and a pursuit in your life. The word meditate here is, it means to give attention to. Meaning give attention to doctrine, give attention to the word, give attention to the spirit, give attention to when, when hands were laid on you, give attention to what God's already done in your life, give attention to what God's going to do in your life, give attention to these things, meditate, pay careful attention to this, meditate. So not only do we have to receive the word, but we need to meditate the word. See, receiving the word is kind of like, okay, I've got it. Now, meditating is drinking it. You see, meditating it, I've got it. I I mean, receiving, I've got it. But when I meditate the word, now I'm making it a part. I'm giving attention to this and what it can do in my life. And I I want you to get this word as such a valuable tool in your life. Desire this word because I'm telling you, when you continue in it, it will change your life. Meditate the word. Meditate the word. And that's what Jesus was really dealing with the disciples and, and the Pharisees in John 8. He goes, he goes meditate my word because you're constantly meditating the, the, the God of this world's word. Now, meditate my word because my word is the word that's going to set you free. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I just want you to see this principle having to do with the importance of meditate. Now, when I talk about meditate here, I'm not talking about some metaphysical mantra and we go, hmm, or it's, that's not the kind of meditation I'm talking about. I, I, I'm talking about opening your heart to the word of God and giving attention to it. Meditate, meditate means to mutter. It means to, here in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it means to mutter. It means to speak softly over. Um, someone gave it the definition of like a cow that chews its cud. And, and where they, would, they would eat the grass, chew it. And I know it's gross, but they would spit it back up, chew it again, and they'd do it again. Because what, what they're going to do, what they're doing is they're getting all the nutrients they can out of that. And that's meditating. Meditating the word. And in Joshua 1, it says, he's, in verse 6, it says... Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not to the left hand or the right, turn not to the, to, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do. So this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meaning making a part, making it a part of my life day and night, making it a consistent part of my life that you may observe and do, that you may observe and do. We might get into that next week. 
or the next time, according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll deal wisely and you'll have good success. So what is the fruit of meditating the word here? The fruit of meditating the word is having your way made prosperous. So it's what Joshua was going to do with the word that determined if his way was going to be made prosperous. Meditate the word day and night. Why? Because then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. You'll have good success. Let's go to uh, Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms 1 says, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let me say it again. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, so whose words are you listening to? What words are you listening to? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, sometimes we, we wonder why we, we, we may be defeated throughout our life. Because oftentimes we've received the wrong words. We've allowed the wrong words to shape our identity, shape our thoughts. And we live with a wrong perspective of who we really are. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight. So blessed is the man. So why is the man blessed? Verse 2, his delight is in the word of the, the law of the Lord. You say the word of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Meaning he makes this word a part of everything he does. He makes this word a part of his decisions. He makes this word a part of, uh, 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 of his work. He makes his decisions a part of his family. He makes this word a part of everything he does. And so when he meditates this word day and night, it, then it tells us what? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Wow. I want you to desire the word, receive the word, meditate the word, pay careful attention to the word because it has the ability to affect every area of your life. When Joshua meditated the word, what did it do? Make his way prosperous. In Psalms, what does it talk about? It says you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Man, you're going to be stable. You're going to have, you're going to have strength. You're going to have what other people need. You're going to have, you're going to, you're gonna, your leaf isn't going to wither and whatever you do will prosper. But it comes from what? Meditating the word. And meditating the word isn't, it's not about having some works to get, to get God to give you prosperity. Meditating the word is so you know him. Meditating the word is so you know how his kingdom operates. Meditating the word is knowing how to respond in situations. Meditating the word is about hearing his voice and not a stranger's voice. This word is so vital. Don't approach this word as something that's just a book. It's life. Go to Proverbs 4. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, but it's about the word. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was um, it was quite a few years ago. I I was ministering on a Sunday morning, and and during the service, there was this this husband and wife were talking here, and I, I didn't know who they were. They were visitors, and they were right here talking. And I kept seeing them talking while while I was preaching, and and it was kind of like you know I don't get distracted too often. But it was kind of distracting enough to where I knew. It's like, this is kind of different. They're like talking while I'm preaching. And I'm going, okay. Well, Wednesday night come around. They show up to church on Wednesday night. And, and, and I go out there. And, and I'm, it's, it's before service started. I go out there and I introduce myself to them. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good to be here. But, but, man, who was that person that preached on Sunday morning? Because he sure did preach a long time. It's like. And then she goes, well, who are you? I said, well, I was the guy preaching on Sunday morning. And uh, they, they, they came in service that night, and I was preaching again. And it, it was only about 20 minutes in, and, and I could hear him say, another scripture? Like, another scripture? I go to another, he turned, another scripture? It's like, man, I'd only been talking for 20 minutes. So I was like, anyway, they're not here anymore. So uh, anyway, I don't, but... Just figure that would light in the light in the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, the word have a hunger for the word. Maybe it, maybe it's not the preacher that's speaking too long. Maybe it's your ability to receive. You know, and I and I know people do different things and churches do different things. You know, and how long their services are, and they got to do what God's called them to do. You know, okay, the message has got to be under 25 minutes and all that because of this and that. Well, what happens is you create a culture where people can't receive more than they want to receive. And so and more than they need to receive. It's like, okay, well, I got to cut it off there because I just can't, you know, because our attention span is, is, is going because of so many things. But yet because of that, you got to come to the word. What does the word want you to do? What's the word saying? And that's not saying that some people, I've been to some ministers and they preach way too long. I mean, but, well, I mean, I'm like, I'm talking about two and a half hours long, but, but anyway, but that's, but as long as they're led by God, praise the Lord. I should have, I should have, I should have stopped about two minutes ago. Can we edit this, uh, Tessa, can we edit this broadcast? Um, I'm turning red now. I'm the red-faced preacher again. Um, so Proverbs 4. Remember, meditate is to give attention to, is to carefully consider. So that's what Paul was telling Timothy. He was saying, meditate these things. And here in Proverbs 4, he says, my son, attend to my words. That's the same word that Paul was using to Timothy of meditate, attend to my words. These words are a big deal. These words are valuable. These words are precious. These words are important. You know, receiving the word is, is like looking at this word. Man, this is a gift. This is a gift. This, this, word, this word is a gift. This is a gift. So attend to it. Protect it. Watch over it. Attend to this word. Attend to it. Incline your ear to it, saying, meaning it's so important and it's so valuable that you want to know what it says and what it says about you. It says, let them not depart from your eyes. That's, that's, that's meditating, meaning I'm making it a priority in my life. Keep them in the midst of your heart. 
keep in the midst. These are all terms of meditate. Keep it. Let it not depart. Verse 22. For they are life to those that find them. Meaning you're searching for it. You're looking for it. Man, this is all part of desiring the word. Find them for their health to all your flesh. For their life unto those that find them. For they are life. What's life? The word. For the words are life unto those that find them. And health to all your flesh. I'm telling you, this word is valuable. Hallelujah. Say this with me. His word is speaking to me. His word is working in me mightily. That goes back to 1 Timothy. And I'll close with this. His word. First Timothy chapter four again. Verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Neglect not the gift that's in you, which was given to thee by prophecy and the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. So not only does it meditate, Paul says, but give yourself wholly to it. Give yourself completely to it. Meaning, make this word become about... Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Trying to, what, I, what I see on the inside, I'm trying to convey it the right way. Give yourself wholly to this word. Meaning, don't just add to the word to your life as just a part of your life, but surround yourself with this word. Give yourself wholly to it. It's not just my Sunday thing. It's not just what I do on Sunday. It's give myself wholly to this. Completely, Vic. Meditate upon these things. Give myself completely to this. I'll get this. And then what will happen? It says that your profiting may appear to all. Whoa. See, all the ways places we've looked about meditating the law, meditating the word. There's always what? Profit. There's always increase. Everywhere you see about meditating the word or doing the word adds something to your life. It does something to your life. Here it says, if you meditate it and, and wholly, wholly devote yourself to this, wholly give yourself to this, that your profiting may appear to all. Meaning other people are going to see your advancements in life. Other people are going to see the growth in your life. Other people are going to see the changes in your life. You know, people that knew me 25 years ago, they can say, hey, I, I, there's been a change happened in Justin Donald Bridges. Now you know my middle name. But... <laughs> You're like, what was that? And you're not, I'm not telling you again. <laughs> There's a change in me. And so, and so because not only does a word going to affect you, but it's, it's going to, all of a sudden, people are going to see the effect it has on your life. But I don't do, I, I, you know why? Because we're to be living epistles. Paul says we're to be living epistles, meaning, meaning you have this word, but you know what? You need to be a living epistle where, where, where people see what God's written on your life. Hallelujah. We're living epistles. 
living epistles. Make the word of God a part of your life so other people can see the changes. Make the word of God a part of, life so, part of your life so they can see your profit and your increase. And it's not so you can say, I'm better than you. No. Because you have to look at the next verse. It says, take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. See, that's another word for just the word, teaching. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to the doctrine. Continue in them. Continue in the word. Continue in the word. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and them that hear you. Hallelujah. Amplify says, look well to yourself, to your own personality, and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to these things. For, by, by, for so doing you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Yes. Meaning me continuing in this word isn't just about the change in my life, but it's also to change others. It's to change others. It's to change others. Hallelujah. At the end of that video, you hear me make that statement. It's changed me. I know it can change them. Continue in the word. Meditate the word. Hallelujah. Receive the word. Welcome the word. Meditate the word. Give yourself wholly to it. Continue in it. And I'm telling you, not only will it change you, but it will change others. Father, we thank you for your word today. Oh, and Father, I thank you for a hunger for the word. A hunger for the word. Thank you for a hunger for the word. I pray over every person in here, Father, that they would drop the guard of their hearts. That they would open up their hearts. That they would lay down their opinions. Lay down their ideas. Lay down past religious teaching that they may have heard. And they would bring themselves and open their hearts up. To the word in such a way that it will change them from the inside out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Repeat this after me. Father God, give me a desire for your word. I welcome your word. I hunger for your word. It's not just a book, but it's alive. It's incorruptible, and I desire it in my heart. I desire it to change me. I choose to honor this word. I make this word a priority in my heart, in my life. I will meditate it. I will keep it. I will watch over it. I will guard it. And I will continue in it. And I thank you for the changes it brings to my life and the changes it brings to others. In Jesus' name. Everyone stand to your feet for a moment. Hallelujah. Your word. Your word. Hallelujah. David said, says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And your word is a light into my path. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Mm. Kelly, can you put up Psalms 119, verse 48 through 50 in the Amplified? Thank you, Father. Psalms 119, 48 through 50. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. says, my hands also will lift up in fervent supplication to your commandments. We could say your word, which I love. This is the psalmist. He says, my hands I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. I will meditate on your word. Next verse. Remember the word and promise to your servant in which you have caused me to hope. Remember the word. Remember the word that you promised, which you caused me to hope. Next verse. This is my comfort and consolation in my affliction. Meaning, right when I'm in the worst place of my life, the worst situation of my life, he says that your word has revived me and given me life. The psalmist, even. When I'm in the lowest part of my life, in the difficult place of my life, the most challenging moments of my life, the most confusing places of my life, he, he says, it's your word that has given me life. You've revived me. I want you to get to a place where you get into this word and you receive the strength that it brings. Let this word revive you. No, this is a different kind of message and it places responsibility on us as believers. But I believe if, if we want to go to another level, we need to receive on another level. And I need to teach on another level. Because you are winners in life. No matter what the enemy might have tried to tell you, you're not a failure in your marriage. You're not a failure as as a man. You're not a failure as a parent. You're not a failure as a minister. You're not a failure in business because the best is yet to come in your life. I mean, you, you are, you are a success. You know how I know that? Because the word says you are. Receive the word. Welcome it. And I believe I'm telling you, it will, it will bring out all God qual. It will bring the God qualities out in your life. Hallelujah. Early, early in the message, I made a statement. I said, to many as did receive him. To them, he gave the power to become sons of God. To as many as did receive him. You know, we can talk about the word, words written on pages, but realize everything in the word is pointing to the word. It's pointing to Jesus. And you can, yes, you can have a lot of great success naturally on the outside. 
But I don't believe that you can truly have success the way God has it without a Savior. Psalms 107 verse 20 says he sent his word and he healed us and delivered us from all our destruction. That's not talking about just physical healing, but it's talking about humanity was sick. Yes, it has to do with physical healing. But what was the answer to change that man needed? The word. I can go through the word and constantly show you the answer is going to be the word. The answer is going to be the word. The answer is going to be what Paul told Timothy. It's the word. It's always pointing to Jesus. Yeah, you might have a lot of things naturally, so to speak. But do you have, when you lay your head down at night, do you have peace? Stop trying to experience peace apart from him. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're like, Pastor, I, I need a Savior. I need this word. I need this word in my life. And he said, if anyone would receive it, he'd make them sons of it. Didn't say as many that would earn it. As many of them would earn. No, as many who would receive and believe they would be sons of God. To many as did receive him. It's receiving him. It's not earning him. It's receiving him. It's not being good enough. No, it's just receiving him. Receive him and I'm telling you, he'll work out all the other things. Don't wait to feel good enough for salvation. Come to him. Come to him. And let him give you a new identity. Well, pastor, I'm a failure. You know what? He wants to call you righteous. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm just broken. You know what? He calls you mended. you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want to receive the word. I need this Jesus. Let's slip your hand up where you are. Hallelujah. See that hand? Hallelujah. See a hand back there. lifted your hand, just lift the other hand up as well. Right where you're standing. If you see people's, you see someone around you that has their hands lifted, place your hand on them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All you have to say is to say, I receive Jesus. 
Say, I receive Jesus. He is enough. I repent of my sins. I repent of my shortcomings. But I receive Jesus. And I believe that he's forgiven me. Made me new. Turned my life around. Today, I am a child of God. I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. I'm pursuing the word. And the word will continue to work mightily in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 55. Now listen, open your hearts to receive this. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will love, have love, pity, mercy for him and to our God for he will multiply to him an abundant pardon. Woo, thank you for that. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's let the right, uh, the, let the wicked forsake his way. And it says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, meaning his words are higher than our words. The only way that you can convey thought is through words. So it doesn't say that we can't know them. It just says his are different than ours. He says, for as the rain, talking about his word, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Remember, the sower sows the word. But the verse, verse 12, you can't separate it. It says, hallelujah. So shall my word be go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to thee void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing which I send it. Now listen, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. So see, the ultimate result of his word is to lead you out with joy and lead you forth with peace. His word is higher than our word. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his word, it doesn't return void because his word does what it was sent to do. And when it does what it's sent to do, it says we come out with joy and we're led forth with peace. So this morning, leave here with joy. Leave here with peace. Leave here because his word is the strength of your life. Amen. Give a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.